0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Riverfront. This is episode number 442 of this ridiculous show. I don't know why it's still uh, even on the quote-unquote air. Uh, I'm Chad Dotson. With me again this week, your friend and mine, Chris Garber. How are you, Chris? Howdy. Uh, Got a little trivia question for you, Chris Garber. You ready for some trivia?
1: I love it. I love it. I want to pursue it.
0: Can you tell me the date of your first appearance on uh, on this uh, podcast? Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> I spent some time uh, uh, searching for this uh, earlier because I have nothing better to do in my life, evidently.
1: May. Can you guess the year? 2014.
0: Not even really very close. Oh. 2009.
1: Uh, oh, no kidding.
0: <laughs> wow. Really? Yes. January 15th. 2009, it was the eighth episode of this show, and uh, it was uh, me and you and and Bill. Here's what we were talking about, Bill Lack. Uh, Quote-unquote, a fun discussion about the strengths and weaknesses of the 2009 Reds. Pitching, defense, the left field situation, whatever that means. Whether Brandon Phillips should move to shortstop. Those were were the topics of the show.
1: Wow. I have no (laughs) recollection or opinion of any of those things.
0: What do you think about wow. the 2009 left field situation? Is what I'm, i really
1: what I want to know. I'm very quickly trying to to uh, search it up to see who who that would have been. Did you did you look?
0: No, I did not. I mean, is that is that before Ryan Ludwig?
1: It's before Ludwig. I think it's even before Johnny Gomes. Oh my! Uh, it looks like it would have been. <laughs> it was. Is it a situation? Well, it's a Lance Nick situation.
0: <laughs> oh mercy.
1: Oh. oh, my goodness. Tavares, Nix, and Bruce was the, the uh, primary outfield that year. Oh, wow.
0: You know, I did see the Lance Nix uh, situation at Bonnaroo in 2010. So, I don't know. I, I use that joke for a different obscure player every year. I love it.
1: They opened up for Herb Alpert.
0: They did. Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass, obviously, yes. So, 2009.
1: I, That's ridiculous. Crazy. Yeah. Oh. That I, I have no memory. I mean, that was like I lived in a different house. I had one kid. Uh, I, have, I have no memory of even pulling off a podcast back then. I don't know how we'd even done it.
0: Yeah, no, I yeah, my kids were tiny. I don't, I don't
1: know how we did it either. we really on crazy. like I rotary listen. phones? How do we like hold rotary phones together and record them?
0: <laughs> so now I think it was a, no. The first like ten or twelve episodes were like uh, you know aluminum cans on a string. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you. Uh, you man. had to
1: ask John Tesh how to do it.
0: <laughs> exactly. I I listened to like the first. Ninety seconds of this show, and oh my, yeah! I mean, it's really it's horrible. No one should go into the archives of this uh of this uh, program because oh man, I just I, you think I sound ridiculous now? Oh, it was even worse. Well, oh, I,
1: anyway, as a uh, as a muscle car aficionado, I'm proud to be on episode four forty two.
0: Okay, I don't have any idea what that means, but uh, I'm, I'm glad that you're here. So let's talk about the Cincinnati Reds or Whatever, not. I don't care. Um, we're we'll gonna talk for a little while. Let's talk about first a question that I that I got on or that I saw on on the twitters uh, this week, Chris. I think you might have an answer to. It's a it's a question that I saw, and then I have kind of a follow up question. The first question was that that I saw on the twitters was why do the Reds? And my follow up is why are the Reds? <laughs> These are the existential questions. Uh- that were-
1: Face yeah. I, I mean, w- this is the year of existential questions, starting with where, where are you going to go? And now okay. why are the Reds? I think they're all <laughs> kind of part of a set.
0: Oh, I, you know, at some point I'm going to, uh, good. And maybe, maybe one of our friends at the, the, uh, Patreon family, patreon.com slash riverfront since will go and figure out what the Reds record is between January 15, 2009 and today. And and we're still here talking about this team. That yeah, That'll yeah. Just, actually it's, I don't want to see that.
1: It's a horror movie. So oh, that's awful.
0: Uh, quickly before we get into the news of the week, what little news there is, I do want to mention this because I uh, Nate reminded me, uh, y'all were Nate, uh, that I didn't mention this, but we did the Billboard thing. That was. uh before the season, that was a lot of fun. We goofed around with the the bill award, hash brown, uh, sell the team, Bob. Well, we uh, you know we we raised some money for that and paid for it, and it was it was fun and had no, uh, it, it accomplished nothing other than making Phil Castellini lose his mind. So it accomplished everything. But um, we actually raised more, a little more money, and we we talked about this a little back in the time, a little more money than um, the billboard actually cost. So I I, I did want to mention to everyone because I said I would update you on this. We did the math, every penny we got from Riverfront plus the penny we got from the sales of the T-shirts and uh, used a little uh, basic uh, eighth grade math and uh, did this uh, this uh, equation called subtraction. And every dollar that we raised over that amount, uh, last week I donated to the uh, the Reds Community Fund. So uh, I just want to make sure that I, I pointed that out. They sent us a very nice letter about it. But um, so that's Good. the final chapter of the uh sell the team bob
1: it's a this it is a great ending for that uh, particular story
0: i guess whatever i stole some people's money and gave it to the reds so now i'm starting to think i did not uh <laughs> didn't accomplish what i wanted to accomplish oh, look
1: the reds there i have a lot of issues with the reds but the Reds community fund is a legit good deal so that's a a, a good thing that that family is doing and making a lot of uh, doing a lot of good in uh in Cincinnati area and supporting baseball, so I got no beef with them.
0: Yeah, no, that's actually true. I I, I wrote the piece a while back about the the promises that the Castellanos made when 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 they bought the team, and the only promise they've delivered on is that they were going to do good in the community, and they really have. And so, kudos to the Reds Community Fund, and uh, yeah, uh, that's a that's a good place for those dollars. Now, um, we could we could if we wanted to talk about the Reds uh, results, game results since last week, but you know. Whatever the Reds were three and three, they took two out of three against the uh, the Nationals. They took uh, they lost two out of three against the Cardinals. It is what it is. Here is what I have to ask you: the biggest thing that I think we need to rem- remember every time we play the Cardinals is the Cardinals have a player named Lars Newtbar.
1: It's Lars amazing. Newtbar is that not
0: the most amazing? I just- uh, it's
1: it's fantastic. I don't even I don't know what it means. But I—they should be. Everybody should be named that.
0: A cardinal. But if there were a Lars Newt bar available on the open market at your at your local convenience store, <laughs> would you purchase a Lars Newt bar? It's gonna have you to gotta be- go to.
1: You, you got to go to Aldi to get one of those. <laughs> Is that where you get those? Oh, yeah, nice. they come in a case. Case of Lars Newt bars.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure that I'm uh, too interested in that, but man, I, every time I hear that name, I'm just like, it's a glass. Oh,
1: it, you, um, do you ever, you ever watch the show, the TV show Fargo? I have not seen that. Is it good? Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. But really? that's absolutely the kind of the name of a character on that show.
0: Well, the movie was great. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you, we,
1: we need to pause this right now so you can go watch at least the first three seasons of Fargo.
0: Really? It's that good.
1: Yeah. We'll be, We'll finish later.
0: Okay, be right back. Um, I am watching a, a television program now. It's uh, called, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, Game of Thrones 2 or something. What's it called? House of Dragons.
1: Uh, House of, yeah, House of Dragons. You like it? I watched the first one, but I haven't gotten to the second one yet.
0: Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's a show. No, it's pretty good. It's fine. It's good. I, I'll keep watching it. Um,
1: How, one more before we end this segment. Um, the Bear. Have you watched The Bear on Hulu?
0: The be- is it about Bear Bryant?
1: It is not. It is not about any kind of bears. The it bear. is a show about a like a famous world class chef who goes back to Chicago to run his family's Italian beef like downscale like shop, and uh, it's awesome. It's a half-hour show. It's comedy drama-ish. Probably ten episodes. You can you can knock it out in two days. It's amazing.
0: Wow! No, I've never heard of it. Is anyone uh, anyone responsible for it that I would know?
1: Anything? No, no, not really. Um, I, I I think a couple of the people have been on shows that I've kind of heard of, but um, there's a few familiar people. Um, Oliver Platt's in it a little bit.
0: Oliver, everyone loves Oliver Platt.
1: Everyone, loves, he's also in Fargo. Um, so anyway yeah highly recommended it's Hmm. uh i think you'll like it and this has been chris's fx corner
0: (laughs) we have already uh, transitioned into off-season uh podcast topics outstanding that's the way it goes this year the only other thing i want to say about the uh, what happened in the last uh recent times with the reds i do want to mention jonathan india because uh you know we were all a little bit upset with jonathan india uh, being hurt? How dare he? No, we were uh, we were not upset, but we were you know he he hadn't played well even after he got back. Well, I do want to mention that uh, he's on a pretty good run now. His last uh, thirty-one games, he's hitting 308, 36 on base, four seventy slugging. He played really well. He got on base five times, one uh, one game in the Cardinal series. So we should. I mean, I don't, I don't want to talk about this, but I want to I want to commend Jonathan because I know that his mother listens to the show. Is that
1: true? has to be. Who, who wouldn't
0: listen to this I'm show?
1: All. Yeah, I mean, what do we think? What do we think? Of, I mean, has this been just an injury year, a sophomore slump? Um What do we say at the end of the year? How do we How do we write the story of Jonathan India for 2020? Well,
0: yeah, you know, I mean, uh, I, I, that's sort of why I'm glad to see that he's, he's rebounded. We're talking 31 games, so let's not get uh, uh, overly excited, but – uh, you know, the more he struggled, the more I worried. Oh, because you know, I think you and I talked about it before last season. I don't trust this guy. Who is he? He's never really been a star in the minor leagues. He was good at the at the ketchup factory, but you know, um, <laughs> who is he? So I feared that uh, his you know poor play this year was was going to be. Uh, him reverting to the mean that his rookie year might've been a little over his head. I don't know what to think. I think he's probably a perfectly uh crumulent uh, second baseman. He's going to be a, maybe at least somewhat uh, above average going forward. I, I'm not concerned. He's not going to be a superstar, but did anyone think he was going to be a superstar? Maybe. I don't know.
1: Maybe. I Yeah. I, I mean, I admittedly, I haven't watched that much, but uh this year, but I was one of the low, you know, I was, I was low on India going into last year and I, I, I still think he, he looks the part. You know what I mean? He still looks yeah. like a, a above-average Major League second baseman right now, even though he's not getting the results. If you, you watch the game, you're like, oh, that guy didn't get any hits, but he looked like he will tomorrow. Right. You know, he yeah. doesn't look lost or overwhelmed in any way.
0: I think you and I were probably lower on him than, than most. Uh, For sure. Last year. And so maybe that's why I was concerned, we'll say. Um but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, he has good hair. I, I, I just I, I I love the hair. I, I'm jealous.
1: That's a lot to start. Oh,
0: yeah, really. Why, why don't you uh? Why don't you grow yours out like that?
1: Mine just gets bigger.
0: <laughs> That'd be even better.
1: It's, it's immune to gravity.
0: <laughs> like right. Oscar Gamble. Remember Oscar Gamble? Oh, the greatest baseball card ever is uh, Oscar yeah. Gamble. Oh man, you know I wish I wish players could go back to that look. Just set the set the cap on top of the afro, you know, way up high. That's that's a good look. look. Nothing wrong with that.
1: It is top notch.
0: <laughs> All right. Um what do the standings look like? Are the Reds uh, still still playing baseball? What's going on here? They're not playing tonight. They are fifty one to seventy eight. They are still in fourth place in the uh, National League Central, so so no longer in last place. Um the mission but- accomplished in baseball reference wins above replacement how many players on the reds active roster are in the top 10 in wins above replacement baseball reference for the season for the reds
1: for the for their position or for the entire league
0: i'm sa- i'm saying for you take every cincinnati reds player and their baseball wins reference uh, baseball wins baseball reference good grief <sighs> wins above replacement For the season, how many of the top 10 are currently on the Reds' now 28-man roster?
1: Oh, I would think negative 20. (laughs) Let's
0: go through them. Luis Castillo is number one. Alexis Diaz is number two, which is sad. Now Again, uh, pitching war on baseball reference is a little, you know, funky. But number three, Tyler Malley. So uh, there's one out of the first three. Graham Ashcraft, Ooh. number four. He's on the I.L. Brandon Drury, number five. He's really not playing well out in uh, San Diego. Tyler Stevenson, I.L. Nicola Dolo just got back, so there's two out of the top seven. Connor Overton, still number eight. He, he pitched one game, I think, for the Reds, and it was a good game. He pitched four games, whatever he pitched, number eight. <laughs> number nine. For Cincinnati Reds, wins above replacement. Number nine, Aristides Aquino. Aristides Aquino has an above-average wins of replacement. I've never seen a player whose defense carried so much uh, weight in their wins of replacement. Then Hunter Green, number uh, number 10. So, so uh, three of the top. or two, Yeah, three of the top. Yeah.
1: So if you buy a ticket to a Cincinnati Reds game tonight, for the for the next time they play at home. If Nickodolo is not the starting pitcher, you you're you're gonna see one out of the top ten unless there's a save situation. Which there
0: probably won't be. Right. And that one <laughs> is Aristides
1: he's been released sixty-three times from the Reds roster. Well I don't know why we're you know what I say about this, Chad. Tell me what you say. Where are you going to go?
0: Where are you going to go? Indeed. Um. All right. So a couple of things uh, before we get into some questions or whatever. Where are you going to go? We're gonna we're gonna go away from the actual playing field for a moment. Um, to Joey Votto because we like to talk about Joey Votto. Now I know you've been busy with. Uh, with your duties. I don't know if you caught any of the clips or saw any of Joey Votto in the broadcast booth. Um, this week he,
1: he joined. Got Barry Larkin. i want—I'm I'm meaning to listen to, it, but I haven't. So I'm going to, I'm excited to hear you tell me about
0: it. Yeah. Well, there's not much to say. You're going to enjoy it. If you, if you, do listen to it, he joined John Sadak and Barry Larkin. And, and uh, it was pretty clear that, uh, in the, in the television broadcast booth, it was pretty clear that he, uh, if he decided he wanted to be a, a broadcaster, he would be at the top of the game. I mean, you know, he if he put the same effort into that that he puts into baseball, I mean, he really was just, uh, oh, no one's surprised. He had a press conference earlier this week where he was talking about his uh, surgery and what he hopes to get out of his career. And there are, I, maybe there are other players who answer questions the way he does. But uh, again, you can go to Red Leg Nation and see the, the press conference that he had earlier this week about his surgery, about what he expects going forward. And he's just, he's honest you know, he, he basically was like, "I hope this isn't in the isn't the end. I still truly believe that I can, you know, compete uh, when I come back." But you know what? Uh, maybe not. Uh, it was just it was it was fascinating. And then I didn't like the Love Fest for uh for Yadier Molina, um, who I know is your favorite player, and uh, Albert Pujols. But Votto had to respect them. But anyway, it was it was great, and I encourage you to listen to it.
1: What 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 do you think Joey Votto is going to do after he retires? Like, I totally agree with you. He could do whatever he wants to do. I mean, Joey Votto could announce in two years that he's retired from baseball and he has joined the staff of Air Canada as a co-pilot <laughs> for 747s. And I'd be like, yeah, I can okay. see that. Yeah. And he's just going to be like, you're going to see him walking through the airport in like a, a short sleeve Sipowitz dress shirt and a tie, <laughs> carrying one of those big bags. Or... Yeah. You know, he could he could be like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna be growing grapes for wine. You'd be like, yeah, totally get that. You know, he's gonna go back to he's gonna go to I guess go to college and get a degree. I could totally see that. I mean, there's nothing he could say that I'd be like, wow, that's really surprising me. Didn't
0: well, he, didn't expect years to ago.
1: An MMA fighter.
0: <laughs> years ago, he said he was gonna be a uh, uh, he was just gonna drive a school bus, and I'm like. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Totally.
1: I don't think – go ahead. Well, that makes me think about uh, Adrian Dantley, the uh, NBA Hall of Famer. Like who a was guard, a uh, right? crossing guard, in Maryland for like the last 15 <laughs> years or something. He's just – he's like, yeah, I like helping kids get to school.
0: I think, <laughs> I think he also paid his uh, health insurance maybe or something. I don't know. Could be. But, uh, Adrian Dantley. But, yeah, no, I, there's nothing he could do. Uh, I don't – Anticipate him going to the in the booth. That seems like a lot of work. And if I had his money, maybe I'm just projecting. If I had his money, I'd go do something I wanted to do. But maybe he likes being around baseball, and he knows he's good at it. And he likes to talk, and I don't know. But
1: it was fun. I mean, can you imagine how much the sport would be advanced if it was Joey Votto instead of John Smoltz as the national color commentator? I mean, oh, just to imagine. You know, I mean you've seen what they've done with with uh Tom Brady. They've already like pre-promised him the moon in terms of broadcasting. Like I know baseball doesn't think that way. Invado maybe not may not be for everybody. There may be a market more for the Smoltz cliche, but damn, can you imagine him just on the World Series every year and all the national games?
0: You know what? I you know I'm sitting here thinking about Invado doing Reds games. Because this, I'm provincial. That's that's what I'm thinking. But you're right. He would be. You know, you think of the they had stupid Pete Rose on national broadcasts not that long ago. So Votto doing national broadcasts like a Rod. You know, oh my goodness, that's a. And again, they don't. They seem to never pick guys that have any uh, clue whatsoever. uh, But he would be perfect. Just absolutely perfect. And so engaging. And that's it. That's an interesting thought. I'm all in.
1: Yeah, well, who knows? Maybe it'll be the Reds. Maybe it'll be the uh, Blue Jays. Maybe it'll be the – he could be like, I'm going to do Hamilton Tiger Cats football. And I would (laughs) say, yeah, I got it. You're going to be really good at that.
0: You you know, the reason that this is all entertaining to me is that you can absolutely absolutely see Joey Wild doing any of this, and we're all kind of like, boy, I wish I was, you know, as I turn 40, I've got all the money I ever need, and I can just go do what I want to do. Yeah. And you get the sense that he would do that. He's not trying to build a. He is trying to build an Instagram following now, but he's not. Yeah, he's just, he's not. I don't know. Uh, That's going to be the whole
1: podcast. Again, you can hear like, he's like, well, you know, there's this flower that blooms once every three years. And I'm going to try to grow one of those. (laughs) You know, it's just like all he does. He's got like a thousand books on it. He's talking to all these master (laughs) gardeners. And, you know, one day the flower blooms and it blooms for four minutes and then it dies. And Vado's like, yeah, cool. All right, next thing. <laughs>
0: what's, what's next?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh man, is he the most unique athlete, Cincinnati athlete that you can recall? I mean, I don't know. I don't. Know how, maybe that's a an
1: no. I think so. question. But I mean, certainly good athlete. You know what I mean? Like there may have been like some flake who was on the team for a while that you're like, oh, that guy was really interesting. But hell, he's one of the most unique athletes I can. I mean, an interesting athletes I can any sport, anytime, anywhere. You know, I mean, right. Like Bill Lee is like one of the only guys I can think of. Who's like a, done more weird things than Joey Votto.
0: Yeah. And, and we're talking about a hall of famer, you know, Bill Lee was, uh, a yeah. a, a, a character, you know, a decent big league player, you saw a character.
1: major leader, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. No, I tell you, I don't know. Um,
1: I, I I'm so glad though that the Reds fandom, by and large, has come to appreciate and love Joey Votto.
0: They've come around in recent and,
1: years. I mean, there's probably a point in time, about three years ago in October, that something changed in the environment that maybe led to people feeling that way a little bit more. But uh, whatever you know, whatever the reason or the lack of. Reason I'm glad that that he's being appreciated for what he's what he's worth.
0: I know what you're saying. Are are you, are you trying to criticize someone who contributed to your uh, your book?
1: No, no. I'm very grateful for all the help we got from everyone.
0: <laughs> oh, we're not going to get into that. So anyway, there nope. you go. That's that's a Joey uh no, Votto. but
1: you know somebody was poison, pouring poison in people's ears for years and years about Joey Votto and. That has abated. It was Chris
0: Welsh, right?
1: Um, folks, I'm talking about Jim Kelch. It's time <laughs> to be speaking honest. About, you know,
0: I hate to say this because we're talking, getting ready. To, I'm getting ready to say something about my personal favorite uh, player of all time. But speaking that pouring nonsense into people's ears or whatever you said, poison. Vado left, uh, you know, at the end of the eighth inning, I think, in that game the other night, and then it was just John Sadak and Barry Larkin. Now I, I I do like John Sadak. People people really hate John Sadak online. Some people do. I don't get that. I think he's great. I like his enthusiasm. He's trying to do the best he can with the crap product he's been given. Very Larkin, oh. and, and and it was even more stark with Larkin in the booth with Votto. How how you know kind of uh, thoughtful Votto was versus Larkin. Just doing Larkin. I just hate it. I feel bad about it, but uh, it's
1: not good. How was Larkin? I saw somewhere on Twitter that someone said Larkin seemed energized when Votto was in the booth. Was he better?
0: No, I, I think it was just that Votto was kind of uh, – this is my sense. Votto was uh, trying to pick his brain a little bit, but two Hall of Fame-level players, and so it was a little bit of a next-level conversation that Larkin – just wasn't quite the level of Votto if that makes any sense, but um, it was more interesting Larkin because Vado yeah. was was put on a T for him.
1: I, I heard it a couple weeks ago Eric Davis was in the booth. Oh yes and Eric when when Eric was there like Barry Larkin's excitement and interest level in being there was so much higher.
0: That's true. Interesting, yes.
1: Yeah I, I just think that Larkin he just gives the impression that he's too cool to be there, and he and probably whole, is. He is, but then don't do it. Like nobody forced him to come in there. That's the thing about it. Like I don't blame him. He's a Hall of Famer. He's the man. He's rich. Like nobody's making you do this. But if you're gonna do it, do it. like do it. And that's the thing. Like you can criticize Sadak and criticize Tommy Thrall. I mean, they're professionals. They're they're prepared every day. Jeff Brantley and Chris Welsh are prepared every single day. They come there and do the job that they're being paid to do. And I, with Larkin, I just, sometimes I feel like he's just like, well, I'm here. I'm Barry. I'm here. I'm Barry Larkin. Isn't that enough? Right. I don't know. I just, like, don't take the job if you're not going to add value to the broadcast.
0: Well, you know, uh, this is, I don't know, this is a scintillating conversation, but um, it's something I enjoy talking about. Jeff Brantley. I criticized Brantley uh, fairly heavily on, in his career. I thought he was just leaning too hard on his stick of being the cowboy, and I didn't feel like he was really um, putting the work in. And you're right, Akin and Thrall and Chris Welsh. They're, you can tell. They're just absolutely prepared. I don't know when it happened, but at some point the, the switch flipped with Brantley, and he's as good as anyone they have now. I, I've completely changed my mind yeah. on Jeff Brantley. Yeah, Those four, give them to me all the time. They're amazing.
1: It's interesting. I was I was telling somebody a couple of days ago, like as much as I love Chris Welsh and as prepared as he is, I think Brantley's a little more comfortable because he was a more successful player. He's a yeah. little more comfortable getting in the pitcher's head and telling you what he thinks they're thinking. And like talking you through an at-bat in a way that, that Welsh just doesn't do. Like whether he doesn't, it's just not his thing. But I that's a thing that Brantley does that I really enjoy. Like in a key moment, he's taking you right inside the pitcher's head. And it's, I don't hear it much in broadcasting, even with all the former pitchers in the booth.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. 100%. I think that's something that's part of what turned me around on Jeff Brantley is he really does get you into the head and he, he he brings value to the show. I would love to hear Barry Larkin getting into the head of a, uh, you know, a hitter. Barry Larkin's one of the best hitters that ever played for the Reds, ever played baseball. But, but, uh, I don't know. Anyway, I like the cowboy now, except for all the, uh, the nonsense oh. uh, about, you know, ice cream and all that stuff. So, Hey, we, uh, we have a visitor here, Chris, I'm going to bring him on. He, uh, he decided to, to join us here. Oh, oh, now you can join us, Nate.
2: You know, I couldn't, this I couldn't guy. miss out. I couldn't miss out on an opportunity to talk about Lars Newt bar.
1: That's, <laughs> Nate, that's Dave Dodson's music. <laughs>
0: that's, oh my gosh. It's Nate Dodson's music. Lars Newt Bar. Oh man, the Reds have to get I don't care if he's any good or not. The Reds have to get him eventually.
1: We we've, we've already done player. 45 minutes on Lars Newt Bar, Nate. So feel free to All
0: right, see you later. Redo it. <laughs> yeah, we actually did do the Lars Newt Bar earlier.
1: So all we um, did was make fun of his name. So if you have actually substance to add, feel free.
2: No, I was listening a little bit to what you're talking about, uh, you know, Larkin and those guys in the booth. Joey obviously was was great. And the only thing I kind of wanted to add was to agree with you guys. I mean, say that crushes it, uh, Chris Welsh crushes it, super prepared. They they, they, they would work over any broadcast, any team. It could be a national a national game. It wouldn't matter. Those guys are going to do the work. You would not know they were Reds broadcasters unless somebody told you. Um, Brantley's that hometown guy that you want. You know, he's going to have a little bit of a homer sort of attitude to him. And you need that guy in the local broadcast. You don't want him, you know, on Sunday Night Baseball. But yeah. Larkin is just, I don't know, there's this, there's this gap that happens between, you know, your generation and, and my generation and then whatever the next generation is. And Larkin doesn't fill in that gap very well, in my opinion. He's not the voice for the under 30 crowd. And I, I think Votto resonates with that people, those people a lot. I mean, you're talking about how in something happened where Res kind of started Liking Votto all of a sudden, I think a lot of it was the rest of the country caught on. Like we always knew that he was a you know uh, inner circle Hall of Famer, but something over the last few years, the uh, the national media realized it too. Yeah,
1: it well, real, that's a I mean, it it's a good point. I mean, it's fun when when your guy is is all over Twitter for everyone saying how cool he is. Like that's pretty fun, you know, when everyone's just <laughs> haha, this guy's awesome. You're like, yeah, I get to watch him tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I think you're both right. I think I think Chris is right, you know, about the the, the broadcaster not bagging him all the time. And I think I think uh, nature as well. I think a part of it was also that and this is maybe part of that, that big home run streak last year and the fact that he was so great last year as an old age, people started to realize, oh wow, he actually is great. And so once I think it's what both of y'all are saying, once the, the world understood Joey Votto was it gave permission to some Reds fans who'd been uh, heard him beating down all these years to, to kind of like him. One last thing on the broadcasters. I think Nate kind of clarified something that I think is true. The shtick I talked about with Jeff Brantley that irritated me so much. I mean, I, I hate a guy with a Southern accent. I despise it. I ab- I abhor it. I thought he was – I thought he was put on a schtick. I thought it felt like a shtick early on. Yeah. this is, I'm going to be the cowboy. This is my shtick. Well, what he did was – he kind of kept that. He toned it down a little bit, but kind of kept that, but also, uh, you know, added actual real analysis to it. And now he's kind of the hometown guy that he's like, I, I can see him. If he sticks with the Red Spray, he's going to end up being beloved and a, a Joe yeah. all type.
1: Yeah. I, I think Nate's right. Yeah. That, that point about him being, he's specific.
0: Yes. That's like, it.
1: That's what it is. He's very specific and unique. And yeah, that's what you associate with like your town guy. And the other guys are a little more polished, a little more above the fray, you know, a little more neutral. And that's, yeah, that's a great point.
0: Yeah. Sadak and Thrall are really professional, really good baseball broadcasters. That's their job. They're play-by-play guys. So um, anyway, we've talked longer about that than I expected we would. I want to talk about the Reds Hall of Fame for a moment. The Reds Hall of Fame, because I got fired up a little bit earlier today. Um And I probably shouldn't have gotten as fired up as I did. So let me explain. The Reds announced today that the fan vote was now live for to help choose the next Reds Hall of Famer. And here are the five nominees that fans can choose from: Bronson Arroyo, Aaron Boone, Francisco Cordero, Aaron Harang, and Scott Rowland. So I looked at that list and I thought, "Are you kidding?" me reggie sanders is left off the list again reggie sanders obviously the best player in that's not in the reds hall of fame to me well i found out later that to be eligible for this is the modern player ballot so these are only players from the last 15 years so there's evidently a veterans committee ballot too and i'm not on the veterans committee which is as big a you know disgrace as the fact that reggie sanders is not in the reds hall of fame Reggie Sanders is not modern we're learning so um so to, I don't know if either of you have anything uh, uh, to, to say about the Reds Hall of Fame. Uh, Reggie Sanders t- is, again, I care about this more than I should, but it's a complete joke that Reggie Sanders is not in the Reds Hall of Fame. Um, yeah.
1: It's baffling. good
0: No, I was going to say, we can talk about these five, I think at least three of these five, and I could argue for all, all five of them, at least three of them I think deserved, eh, two of them 100% deserve to be in. You can make good arguments for the other three. Um but the fact that Reggie Sanders – we're talking about these guys and not Reggie Sanders blows my mind. And people who don't – gosh, nothing makes me feel older than saying, you kids don't know how good Reggie Sanders was. But he was – he was legit.
1: It was a legit five-tool, like, star-level baseball player for the Reds. For – for I mean, enough time, right? I mean, what, seven years?
0: Yeah, I think so. And, I mean, like, 1995, you know, almost seven wins above replacement. Uh, the fact of the matter is, 1995, which is, I think, the reason why he's not in the conversation is actually because the way that 95 ended.
1: Just that in LCS. Um,
0: I think he struck out a lot in the NLCS. Because every time I mention him on Twitters, everybody's like, yeah, but he struck out a lot in that one series against the Braves. He did. He played awful, that series. He was terrible. Oh. But – he also was a better player that year than Barry Larkin. And Barry he Larkin won the was the National League's most valuable player yeah. that year.
1: He was amazing that year. He was amazing. How are
0: we, how are we holding postseason
2: accolades against Reds players? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who
0: cares what he did? Yeah, he, yeah who he he cares?
1: Out. I mean, they got to get him in there. I I don't know what it is. The the one that's missing from that ballot, and uh, Joel Luckup pointed this out, and I don't know if we figured out what the reason is. I think we figured it out. Oh, we did? I think so. Go ahead and say it, though. Well, Brandon Phillips isn't on that list.
0: Yeah, I, I think Brandon Phil, I think the, the rules are because I had to go look at it because who cares about the rules? I just wanted to rant on on the Twitters. Yeah, right. I think he has rules. To be retired for five years and maybe he's not quite been five years yet since he last played. Oh, okay. In, okay. In the big league. Does
2: your retirement have to be from Major League Baseball? Because he's still playing.
1: He's still playing
2: <laughs> professional
0: league baseball. Yeah. I think it's might not have started.
1: I uh, yeah. Is he on the bananas?
0: Now, he, was, he was with the, the y'alls there, right? No. Was it Something the y'alls like he was with? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, if, he's part owner of the y'alls. Yeah. Some,
2: somebody about. said it on the interwebs earlier, and I agree. If Francisco Cordero makes the Reds Hall of Fame, then I'm giving up my Reds allegiance. Uh,
1: it would be ridiculous, but he would not be in the top 10 most ridiculous Reds Hall of Famers.
0: Yeah, I, I'll accept really? anyone in the Reds Hall of Fame now that Ron Oster is in. I mean, that's my, my, my fallback, Ron Oster. Ron Oster played for the Reds for a long time. It's like
1: Paul Yannish making the Reds Hall of Fame.
0: Well, Paul Yannish didn't play as many years as, as Ron Oster. Ron Oster figured but Ron Oster figured out how to be a below-average player and stick around with the Reds for like a decade.
2: That Cordero his, played for four years and nobody yeah. liked him.
1: No, that's well, ridiculous. I don't. Well, I can I mean, make an
0: argument for Coco Cordero. I mean, he did make an All-Star team as a Red. That's something
1: or am I reaching? The, the, <laughs> You're doing your job. <laughs> his nickname alone, the redundancy of that nickname should be disqualifying.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was frustrating too.
1: Yeah. Uh, what do you think about Scott Rowland though? I mean, that's a really interesting one. I mean, obviously a great player, a Hall of Fame Cooperstown player, just wasn't on the Reds for too awful long.
0: I was uh, Nate and I talked about this a little bit earlier today. I've, I've been kind of looking at uh, Reds players historically and trying to rank some of the, the top 100, essentially. I'll just go ahead and say that um, for a project I'm working on. And Roland, um, I think you can make an argument. He had more wins above replacement than I realized with the Reds. He didn't hit great, but he was also kind of a, a key player in the the last good Reds team, essentially. I, you know, I think you can make an argument for him. I think he's probably number three out of this list. I have a really hard time making an argument for Aaron Boone. have a real, you know, Coco, I can make an argument for, but I'm not going to go too far out on a limb. Uh, Bronson Arroyo and Aaron Harang should be no doubters, I think, for a Reds Hall of Fame. Um, But, yeah, Roland, he – I can make a better argument for him for the Major League Baseball fame, which is kind of a disgraceful that he's not gotten more traction there than for the Reds Hall of Fame. Yeah, I
2: don't. Uh, I mean, I think I think Scott Rowland can have a corner. He can have a little exhibit. We can mention him. A hot corner, in, perhaps. And, you know one of one of the you know six postseason appearances that the Reds have had in my lifetime. I'm sorry, that's, that's lofty. I think it was four. Um, we, can, we can mention Scott Rowland, but like three years for the team. Like, do you, yeah, we we need to, we need some better some better guidelines here. I think you need to be at least a beloved member of your team. Looking back on it, we're all very appreciative of Scott Rowland. But was he ever beloved?
1: Oh. Did, did Cincinnati
2: ever
0: rally behind Scott Rowland?
1: The, the team and the media did, for sure. I think that I think he was overrated a
0: little bit for his veteran uh, presence. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, he coincided with Votto, Bruce, Stubbs, and the pitchers all coming of age at the same time. And so he kind of took the credit or was given the credit for it by the media types, but uh I mean there's no doubt about that his arrival coincided with the, the only good time the only time the team's been good.
0: Yeah
2: well, Jim hall Man- fame Man- Jim Man- in the hall
0: of fame <laughs> how dare you how dare you sir uh yeah he was a Hall of Fame level player in his career who happened to show up at exactly the right time to sneak his way into you know reds hall of fame territory the truth of the matter is if it's anyone other than harangue and i worry that people forget how great harangue was during some really bad years or bronson arroyo i think if either if it's either of those guys if if those two one of those two doesn't get this vote then whoever makes it over the fact that they'll they'll get in the hall of fame ahead of reggie sanders is um i don't know i think we need to you know put up a billboard or something i don't know
1: well can't reggie sanders get put in this year too well, maybe. I don't know what the
0: rules are. They, uh, All right. We don't worry about the rules. They don't put me on the Veterans Committee. I don't understand that, but uh, <laughs> I don't see Reggie Sanders getting in, though. The Veterans Committee is going to be like, I don't know, uh, Tommy Helms is already in. That's the guy I was going <laughs> to say. <but. laughs>
1: yeah. Is, uh, it'd be, it'd
0: be somebody like Bill Bonham.
1: Best. We're going to vote Bill Bonham in. Somebody yeah,
2: Gas Can McDuffie that only you
0: two have ever heard of. Exactly, yeah. Oh, Reggie Sanders, we salute you. Uh, all right. Um, it, Chris, I guess I'll ask you. Uh, no, not my club. Chris, I'll ask you, do you have uh, any, any thoughts about Aaron Haring before we move on?
1: I like Aaron Herring. Good dude, good ball player. Vote him in.
0: Thank you. All right. Um, quick uh, news from the week. Mike Moustakis is done for the season. Went on the 60-man uh, uh, injured list this year. Mike Moustakis – what will we do without having Mike Moustakas to talk about for the next few weeks?
1: Dude was dude was done for the season on April two
0: of last year.
1: Is it, is, is he going to beat Eric Milton? I think that's really the question. Is Mike Moustakas going to pass Eric Milton for the worst free agent signing in Cincinnati Reds history?
0: I think the answer to that is going to depend on what you uh, what your answer is to this question, which is are the Reds going to bring him back or are they going to eat that money next year?
1: Where else is he going to go?
0: <laughs> he's going to go play for some travel team and, uh, you know, Western Ohio, Korea. <laughs> if they bring him back, he's the worst. If they don't bring him back, it's an argument between him and, uh,
1: and Eric Yeah, it doesn't add any more negative war.
0: So what other news do we have the week? Let me see here. Um, the rosters expanded. Hey, the Reds brought up a guy named Fernando Cruz. Are we excited about Fernando Cruz?
1: Did you see his baseball reference page?
0: I did not.
1: Cruz has played for something like 30 baseball teams. <laughs> and the, and he was a mission like, player. I thought he's a pitcher.
0: He is now, but he was a position player. Oh,
1: oh. Yeah, I mean, Lamed seriously, owl. the guy's been – He's been in the minor leagues for like, what, 10 years? Yeah, yeah. he's yes, finally right. going to get his, his shot 12 years maybe? No. Oh, he was <laughs> – 15 years.
2: <laughs> he was yeah. drafted
0: in 2007.
2: Baseball <laughs> Reference has no statistics, positions, relief pitcher, third baseman, and catcher. Yeah. <laughs>
0: He's got pitches. <laughs> he, he he was a shortstop his first year in the minors.
1: Oh, and, he must uh, have been a shortstop for five years.
0: Oh, there you go. And then the Royals did what I've been saying to do with Eric Sizikino, put him in the uh, on the mound, and here he is in the big leagues. He's actually been pretty good. The last <laughs> it's couple of years, just amazing.
1: Months. I mean, what a journey. I mean, this guy's seriously been. He's gonna have like are they gonna have two baseball reference pages for him? They should have more than two. There you, you know, go. There's then. his batting. Just, just amazing. Good for him. I hope he gets some guys out and uh, collect some fat paychecks for the next month.
0: Yeah, yeah. Future obscure former Red, no question. Um, so he came up when the uh, when the rosters expanded from 26 to 28. The other guy that came up was Spencer Steer.
1: Mm. Spencer Steer. Mm. Exactly. Mm. <laughs>
0: Spencer Steer's, uh, I don't know, not bad. He's a he's a top one hundred prospect. He's the Reds' number seven prospect, twenty four year old, and um, oh, you know, whatever. I don't know. He uh, he came over we, with the Twins in the uh, Tyler Malley trade, and he I don't know. He's he he's hit pretty well in the minor leagues. So uh, whatever, let him play. He's played a bunch of different positions. I don't have anything to say about Spencer Steer. Let him play. Put him in there over Kyle Farmer. If you're, if, you're, if you're going to be
2: watching Reds baseball for the, the next month, he is at least a reason to tune in. That's right. One, one of few. People have gotten really weird about uh, the way they hype him up online. They're like, Spencer Steer, he has 27 hits in 28 games. And you look at his stat line, he's like an under 300 hitter. I'm like, they're just creating stat lines to, yeah. to get good excited about good. this guy. I hope he's good. Like we we want him to be good. We like the Reds, but I'm not throwing a party for it.
0: Right? No, I I think he can be a guy uh, for the Reds the next few years, maybe. But yeah, I'm not I'm not that enthusiastic about Spencer Steer, although he has hit pretty well this year. Um, oh. what up? What else do we have? Um, Hunter Green being a rehab assignment. Max Schrock got designated for assignment dark Moretta got an option to triple play. R.I.P. The Reds designated Ross Detweiler for assignment. They called up a player named Derek Law, who exists. I, Derek, I Law. saw that show note, and I, I still don't believe you. <laughs> he came in the this game is. at it. This is uh, this I shouldn't say this out loud, but he came in the game as like Derek Law,
1: <laughs> who what? How do they that How are there guys that we've never heard of? In the system and getting promoted to the major leagues. I, I don't – I just don't understand how that happens.
2: They have that booth on the concourse where you can go and they'll uh they'll gauge your, your speed, they'll radar your throws.
1: He had Derek three Raw.
2: IPAs and a Coney, and he hit 92 <laughs> on the gun. Uh,
1: Derek Raw <laughs> has pitched in the major leagues for like seven years and I've never heard of this guy.
0: Right. I know. It's it's uh It's, it's
1: good, crazy. though. I mean, it's good that they get like guys like Ross Detweiler out of there and get some thirty-one-year-old journeyman relievers in. Like, let's turn it over. Let's get some new blood in there.
0: Get Give some them a new cup of coffee. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, let the kids play. I mean, we all know the an- <laughs> let the kids play. The answer is that uh, the Nick Crawley, everyone who wants to wants to brag on how he did at the trade deadline, and he did do very well at the trade deadline. He put together a, a roster that requires him to go search the waiver wire. Not the waiver wire even. Search for players not even in baseball. Chase Anderson started a game for the Cincinnati Reds this year. He was just no one wanted him, and the Reds needed a pitcher, so who can throw it? What, really you, you
1: up, bro? You up, bro? <laughs>
0: yeah, whatever. Um
2: Guys are getting cut off the bingles practice squad
1: just walk on down the nick
2: line i them up
1: i don't i don't understand why though you could say nick crawl had a good trade deadline and i get it but he went out and got like what seven guys who play shortstop you've got kyle farmer already what's the point <laughs> in getting more shortstop prospects the position is locked down for the next eight years Okay, oh, who are Mike we kidding it? around?
0: <laughs> Nick, yeah, point, point, take. Nick. Cruz. Waste of time. This is garbage. Yeah, come on, how dare you? And, they, and none of that. They already had Ellie De La Cruz. They got to figure out where to play him because he's not going to play shortstop. But uh, I, let me just say, Ellie De La Cruz, he's starting to take walks, and I don't know. I just wanted to mention him because he has made an adjustment and. Uh, that resignation is a good piece about his adjustment uh, this week. Go check that out. But um, God, I don't know Eli de La Cruz. I don't until they get, get to the big leagues. I don't want to, uh, you know, get too excited about anyone. But man, that guy—he cool. he has some great Instagram
1: highlights. Yeah, and what he's more cool. do we want? You don't have to watch the whole game. You just watch the highlight. That's what.
0: Yeah, my son loves the NBA, but he does not watch a game. He
1: does, does does Ellie Dela Cruz, I mean, that's a cool name, but does he have a nickname? Do you need a nickname if that's your name? I
2: don't think you
1: do. I mean it's long. It's you know you, what it probably is? Cruiser. <laughs>
0: that's, that's a classic baseball nickname, yeah. Cruiser. Yeah. We have the Cuban missile, now we get the cruise missile. Oh, the cruise. Uh, the cruise missile? How about this? Uh, uh, carnival Cruise. No. Carnival? You're no. going to work?
1: Carnival, De La Cruz? Carnival, De La Cruz.
0: <laughs> No. All right. Um, can we just answer some questions, please? Hearing no uh, objection
1: These questions go. come from our
0: friends at Patreon.com. Do you feel good, good
1: sure. to get back into that?
0: What did you say? I, what did you? I, I can't hear you. What are you talking about?
1: You said hearing no objection. You're like, does it feel good to be kind of back in <laughs> that rhythm?
0: <laughs> yes, yes, it does. As a matter, you got to take it
1: under advisement for us?
0: <laughs> Object overruled. Oh, I was the king of taking it under advisement.
1: Oh, why? Why give them the satisfaction when they leave? Exactly.
0: No, mostly it was just. I don't know what you're talking about. I got to go look it up. <laughs>
1: Where's my <laughs> good clerk? Can you tell me okay, what this clerk. is about, please? Where's my clerk? <laughs>
0: Oh, man, I hope this doesn't get uh, played uh, in a political campaign against me someday. Um, what are we talking about? Viewer mail. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com slash We're going to answer a few questions. Our first one, and this is actually a pretty good question, which is surprising if you've gotten to know Seth Shander over the years. He actually gave us a good question. I'm kidding, Seth, but here's the question. You keep getting asked who will be on the next great Reds team. My question, when was the last... Great Reds team. I guess we could say 2012, but we know the results of that playoff campaign. Does "great" simply mean competitive, or uh, you know, making a playoffs uh, in this case? So, what's the what's the last great Reds team? Uh, you know, I, I, I would I would say 2012. Let me just say it. I would say 2012. That team was as good as any team in baseball. They had a real chance of winning the uh, uh, the World
1: Series, but you can make an argument that it was long before that. No, I'm with you. I So I'm a believer in the regular season. I still believe that baseball is designed to be played over 162 games. So how you do in the regular season is how you evaluate. Whether you win the tournament at the end is a kind of a different deal. So I think 2012, they won 97 games. They had like legit players at every position. I'm – Totally down with that being the last, the last great Reds team.
2: Well, how yeah, do you differentiate between round. very good and great? Great, great's a big word, and the team did nothing other than play well in the regular season. Like they were they a very, two. very a good Reds team.
1: They won two games in the playoffs.
2: The first two, Which, games. you know, has only happened once since. 1990 Where would you go? Would you go it. to
1: You have to go to 1990? That's ninety five. I think
2: I think great is a big word. It has it has an implication. If you're going to be a great team, you have to at least be remembered by someone that is not a Reds fan. And there is there are no teams that are looking back and being like, "Oh man, that 2012 Reds team, they they had it." Unless you're a Reds fan.
0: Well, I think, I think these are both good arguments. I, think I, I just didn't mean- want everybody
2: to agree, so I had to throw out. A- <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> no, I think you make a good point. I think I agree with Chris, and I wonder how much of it is just because we've been beaten down so much and we're searching uh, great means less to us than it means to most other organizations, maybe. But um, I think that uh, what, we're, what we're saying is I think actually 2012 and 95 are both uh, great Reds teams that I would get to before um, – Nineteen ninety, because the regular season—that's why uh, the Reds did not—they did not, you know, survive the postseason. So if we're saying a—it depends on your definition of great, I guess. It's a well, great maybe the qualifier is a good is regular a- season and a great postseason. Well, okay, but if my definition is what's well, a great team? And two thousand twelve is a great team. They had an awful postseason. I don't know. Maybe the maybe the qualifier isn't great. The qualifier is Reds.
1: I mean, if, if you really want to go crazy, there've probably been four great Reds teams. 75, 76, 73, and 70 and 81. Maybe, maybe. Depends on how you feel about Junior Kennedy. Um,
0: well, let me let me but, say this Chris before you before you go further. Yes. I would actually say you could make a legit argument that the 2012 Reds were better than the 1990 Reds.
1: I agree. The 2012 and 1999 were both are two of the, are in the top 10 regular season wins for the Reds of all time.
0: The 1990 Reds aren't. They won 90 1990, games They're
1: like Red 15th or, or something.
0: Yeah. 1990.
1: is an interesting argument. 10 and 19 won the same number of games.
2: Seth Schaner always has a way to ask interesting questions that make me sad when
0: I'm answering. Yeah. Again, 1990 is a great Reds team. We consider them a great Reds team because they won the World Series. And uh, I don't know. I just, I don't know that they were objectively a better team than 2012. It seems like an insane thing to say maybe for most people, but I I don't, I don't know. They were, I guess they had, well, they had one hall of famer and then Eric Davis was a, should have been a hall of famer.
1: And Rick Mailer.
0: 2010. They had Rick Mailer, they had Tim Liana. Uh, Anyway, next question. Kyle Kapler, with how everyone's season has played out, what would the Reds' record have been if they had retained everyone from last year's team? Probably a 95-win team, I would say, if that. Wow. If we kept everyone from last year's team. 75, if I read
1: that correctly. Kyle said 75. What did I say? (laughs) You said 95. It's a whole different thing. (laughs)
0: yeah 95 win team that's what i believe
1: it's getting late we gotta we gotta
0: end this thing this has been the riverfront um here let's look through let's look through quickly tucker barnhart negative war jesse winker 0.0 war although he's been getting better and uh but not as good as we would hope um nick cassianos negative war I didn't see that one coming. Um, let's Gina. see who else. What Wade Miley? Zero point five wins above replacement. He's actually been good since he got back, but he was injured all season. He's had four starts, but he's been very good in those four starts. Tyler Malley. He uh, has he been with the Twins? Uh, very good with the Twins. I think he's on the injured, injured list now. Yeah. Um, Sonny Gray. Also, some injury issues. Been good with the Twins. Uh, The two guys I guess you really need to think of are Luis Castillo, who is amazing, and uh, has been even better, slightly better with the uh, the Mariners than with the Reds. And the best, no one predicted this. The best of all the Reds that departed, Eugenio Suarez, already worth four wins above replacement this season. Suarez is uh, just good vibes only. That's all I'm saying. Um, The Reds would have won to have his second best season of his career. Yeah. So um, what is there to say other than
1: – And that's the one yes. they wanted to get rid of the most.
0: That was the <laughs> salary dump.
1: I mean, that's the one they, they gave away Linker to get rid of. Ugh.
2: I think it's worth noting that I think all of those offensive players were going to have better seasons in Great American Ballpark.
0: And they also – And think about who they replaced. Right, the, the Aquinos of the world. And so, uh, the Reds, are, yes, I, I did not misspeak earlier. It's a 95 win team if those guys were still here. We all agree with that, right?
2: It would be the, the next great Reds
0: team. Yes, it would have been 2022. All right. Um, two more questions. Let's, uh, actually, three more questions. The first comes from, uh, I don't know, at Patreon, the Riverfront. The question is this, where's Nate? We missed that guy. He's very handsome, too. I think someone thought he was going go to was the hacked program. It. The people, someone thought he was going to be in the program. The people have spoken. <laughs> someone hacked into the... Let me uh, secure, this,
1: secure this document. <laughs> secure <laughs> our house.
0: Yeah, he showed up. Next question comes I, from Hooper Powell. It. I declassified it. Hooper Powell. His question is this: Do you see Bell and Crawl? I think that's uh, David Bell and Nick Crawl in the same roles in 2025 when we might have the next good Reds team. Um, I think Nick Crawl is probably still here in 2025, and that makes me say, no, not 2025, 2024 maybe. No, I don't see either of those in 2025. What do you all say? Who cares? I, guess, I, guess I, wanted to say,
1: yeah. I wanted to say who cares so bad, and I was afraid to do it. I don't give a crap. Who? Whatever. Yeah. Where am I going like to go? It.
2: They like having crawl around, and if the Reds happen to contend ahead of schedule, then yeah, it's, it's, he, he stays.
0: He can win trade deadlines. <laughs> he can win trade deadlines. Not baseball games, but trade. Deadlines. Uh, Next question comes uh, from Hooper Powell also. Chris, are you a fan of Hooli Hooli? Uh, I don't know what that is. Chris, do you know
1: what that is? Hooper is also a Columbus, Ohio area resident and Hooli Hooli is a tiki bar and restaurant about two miles that way from from, uh, my current studio. And uh, I can't say that I'm a fan because I've only had it once and it was on carryout. But I want to go there. It looks really cool. Well,
0: I can't wait to join you there on my next trip to
1: One up. Columbus. One up.
0: All right. So, last question. I think someone else may have hacked us. I don't know. But the question comes from uh, Patreon uh, family member B. Arthur. The notorious B. Arthur, B. Arthur. The notorious B. Arthur. Are you planning to tune into the new Tom? Uh, excuse me. I mispronounced that. Are you planning to tune into the new Thom Brenneman program? Tom Brenneman has a new program. Chris, you want to tell us about this?
1: Uh, Tom Brenneman is back. He is making a contrite but uh, powerful return on some sort of – he's hosting some sort of talk show on a streaming platform of some sort, it looks like. And its I don't know if it's launched already or it's launching soon. So if you've missed Tom Brenneman the last two years, he's tanned, rested, and ready to roll. <laughs>
0: Why would you listen to that when you could listen to the riverfront?
1: Riverfront's only like an hour, or when I'm on an hour and a half.
0: You know, <laughs> you know, Marty was uh, as good as technically good at his job for many, many years. <clears throat> Maybe we we would be clamoring for more thumb if he were actually good at his job, but. The fact of the matter was, he. We talked earlier about broadcasters. I didn't ever get the sense that he put much time into preparing, wow. and yeah, unlike his dad, I don't know.
1: I mean, I'm I'm glad that he's learned from the experience, and I believe in second chances. And it's not my place to forgive him or decide what he deserves, but it seems that he has made amends. And I, again, I don't think you should. Life should be ruined for one chance. But I wouldn't have listened to a Tom Brenneman show three, five, seven, ten 10 years ago. Not if you paid me. Right.
0: Exactly. No. Well, good um, luck. And I wouldn't tune into his res broadcasts, frankly. Um, because I'm just not a fan. I'm, yeah. Right. So, and I'm, again, I'm with you. I'm 100% in favor of second chances. I think, yeah, whatever. If he's learned great whatever. you know, but uh, no, no, now, Nate, I know that for years you have, uh, well, essentially, well, I'm going to go ahead and tell the listening audience here, you have a Tom Brennerman tattoo. It's his face. It's 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 uh, on your lower back. Um, so you're probably excited about this, right? You know, as I've gotten older,
2: my my skin is sagging a little bit. It's now encroaching into my left butt cheek, <laughs> I,
0: where it belongs. I couldn't.
2: I could not possibly care less about this new show or podcast, whatever he's doing. I mean, if you're, if you're going to really be sorry, I feel like the time to say sorry is, you know, obviously when it happened and he did what he you know, he said what he said, he did what he did. But then years go by and you decide to apologize again. When you have a new show that you want people to tune into. I don't care, Tom. Right. Good luck to you. If you if 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 you've sorted it out and you're a better person, I root for that. But I just I don't care.
0: Well, I, I think that's the well. Point you're going to be that. missing
1: out. You're going to be missing out on guests like Charles Barkley, Bob Costas, Marty Brenneman, Chris Collinsworth, and former Inquirer columnist Paul Docherty.
0: <laughs> I would have well, maybe out maybe it'll be a good Either show. Way. Yeah, maybe it'll be a good could show. Be, I just. Look, there are worse podcasts out there. You're listening to one. Um, <laughs> Chris is right. The fact, the fact of the matter is, I wouldn't have signed up for that before he, you know, uh, was disgraced. I just, I he, you know, and maybe if it was uh, Vince Scully, <laughs> rest in peace. By the way, I listen to that. But yeah,
1: maybe it's good. Maybe I listen to one. I'd what like to this? hear from. Former coach Brian Billick on Friday talking NFL.
0: Of
2: all the coattails to ride on, the my dad was a good broadcaster. Coattails are just odd to me.
0: Well, I'll defend Marty, even though we and we talk about Marty a little bit. I'll defend Marty just in the sense that Marty was technically good at his job. He was he he could describe a game on the of field the best. Yeah, and there are legit objections to the way he ended his career, and he got a little bitter, but. With with Tom, he had an H in his name, and I don't understand that. Which maybe that's probably Marty's fault. Actually, now that I think about it. So, if you're not if you're if you're listening on audio, as most of you are, and not watching the YouTube show, I have to ask Chris, uh, what what is the uh, what is the cap you've placed on your head here?
1: All right, this I is see. a uh, base a cap from the Baseballism website, Uh oh, basically then Ben Scholar. I Think you can?
0: Oh, nice.
1: See it that way. That... Uh,
0: that's sick. Aww. That is fantastic. That cool? Yes, I'm, I'm. Yeah, gonna have to
1: get. It's got one a, of those. a microphone on it, and if you tilt it, an old old timey microphone. And if you, if I fall down on my right side, it'll say Ven inside and the microphone.
0: At your age, it's gonna happen sooner rather than later that you fall on your right side. 50/50. Baseballism. <laughs> Baseballism is a. If you don't know about it, uh, great stuff. And we're not sponsored. We probably should be, but yeah, lots of good stuff there. All right, guys. Uh, anything else to talk about?
1: So um, Lars bar. let's go, Bengals.
0: Let's go, Bengals. Nate, you you crashed a party. I'm getting rid of you. Sorry, um, Chris, man, thank you for joining us. Uh, this has been a <laughs> fun, uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> whatever. Just he's my Nate right <laughs> out of here for you yeah, folks. He's looking, my Nate just got a, a hook came and took him right out of the show.
0: <laughs> What's he gonna do? Disown me? He,
1: nothing. He's mad at home right now. <laughs>
0: Chris, this was fun. Nate, uh, your portion of the program was also fun, but I don't know if you can hear this now or not. Uh, Chris, uh, go go Bengals, right? Bengals, B-I-N-G-L-E-S, Bengals?
1: B-I-N-G-L-E-S, Bengals.
0: Quick prediction, how many wins for the Bengals this year? Uh, 17,
1: 18, 19, 20.
0: 20 wins for the Bengals? 20 and 0. Hey, I can still see Nate. He only says 10, uh, which is pretty good. <laughs> That's um, all the fingers.
1: I, oh, no. that's all the fingers he has.
0: But that's actually true. That's actually true. Um, how many fingers? There we go. Nate does. He's tip. giving
1: you one, isn't he?
0: <laughs> um, all I care about is that I'm predicting nine wins for the University of Virginia football team, because I am quite literally insane. Uh, this is the Riverfront. It's like been a bunch of episodes, 442 or something. Chris has been here since 2009. I'm Chad Dotson, whatever for Lars Newbar and Chris Garber and Nate Dotson. It's me, whatever. Goodbye.